So reading is 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ellie, and good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here with you this morning. My name is Matt. If I've not met you before, I'm the vicar here at Bay Church, and we are going to be kicking off a new series this morning. I'm going to be talking on the subject of functional faith, functional faith. I got the idea for um, functional faith from, actually, from, from the world of fitness, um, functional fitness. You've probably been uh, wondering over the last few weeks, Matt, you're looking amazing. What's your secret? Well, everyone, there is, there is no secret. I have a PT and he's been working me really hard. Nath, do you want to come up? Come on, Nath. This is Nath. Nath and Nath has been making me look really silly in local parks. And so I'm going to make him look silly on stage with me now. Thanks, Nath. You're right, mate. You're really good. When it comes to fitness... There are lots and lots of approaches, and, but one of them you might, we might call aesthetic fitness, where sort of the exercises that you do are sort of gonna like there to like make, you look, make you look better. You do the exercises that give you the bigger arms or the more toned muscles or something like that, or you do things to impress people, or you might do it to sort of like feel stronger or feel better than someone else. Nath here is not one of those guys. He's not one of those guys. Another way to approach fitness is functional fitness, where the exercises and the movements that you do actually translate to everyday movements in your life, where the movements and the exercises you'll actually do in life outside the gym. Nath, I've got a 12-kilogram kettlebell here, and and I'd love you to to demonstrate some, some functional fitness moves here. Some function, maybe start with a squat. Should we start? You've worn the wrong jeans. Do you want to maybe do some squats? <laughs> That's, oh, look at that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nath, perhaps we're, um, we're getting something out of, a, of a, the lower cupboard and we're going to put it in a, in a higher cupboard. So, yeah. 
Come on, everybody. This is 12 kilograms. This is one, one more, one more. What are you going to, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I asked you like four weeks ago. I, <laughs> what, what do you want to do? Yeah, for when you're swinging the kids and anything else. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. There we go. Functional fitness. And when it comes to faith, faith isn't something to just make us look good. Faith isn't something that we impress people with. Faith isn't something that we can boast about to feel better or stronger or more in the know than other people. Because actually faith is functional. Faith should directly impact every area of your life. Faith is not a separate Sunday thing. Faith is not a separate thing that Christians have that has no relevance to the way that they interact or relate to other people or it's... It's not something that doesn't have any relevance to the way that we approach our finances or the way that we make big decisions in life. It's all connected. Faith feeds into every single area of our lives. That's if we let it. That's if we let it. So we're going to look over the next five weeks about how we can allow our faith. And if you're here today and you're saying, I'm probably not, I haven't even started sort of a faith journey. I'm not sure I have much faith. Wherever you sort of land in terms of faith in Jesus, we want to look at how we can allow faith to impact our approach to things like friendships, relationships, money, generosity, how we, how we approach the Bible and our worldview and how we approach mission and the, our sense of purpose in life. St. Paul defined faith like this He's in the book of Hebrews. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then in, in light of that, Paul then talks about or encourages us in another letter. He says, I want you to walk by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. So we're going to be looking at how, how do we walk by faith? How do we walk in life? by faith. But how do we do that then? Particularly if it feels like we don't have much faith. Well, the first thing this morning I want us to realize about faith is that faith is a gift from God. It's a gift from God, and so we need to receive it. We need to receive it. Peter started his letter that we read. He said, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Faith, it says, is a precious gift. It's a precious gift which we receive, Peter says, out of God's righteousness. I sometimes think, it's, I feel like we think sometimes that we need to muster up faith all on our own. We either have it or we don't. And, and it's on us to sort of produce faith in our life. Maybe we just, if we just squeeze tight enough and then we're like, have I got faith yet? It feels like that. But faith actually is something that God helps us with. Something that God gives us and he wants to give us. And so we receive faith by asking for it. Whenever you feel like you're lacking in faith, you can ask God to give you more of it. You can ask. For the last year now, I've been attempting to run the local park run, which is five kilometers. I've been attempting to run it in under 23 minutes. And I've come close, 
but I've not quite managed it. And I've been getting quite frustrated with it. My dad had already done it, so that was annoying. He's like 55. And to, I was getting so frustrated with it to the point that I began to consider talking to some of the more elite runners at the park run to get their tips, to get their, uh, to get their help, or even convince them, do you know, this week, do you just want to run like six minutes slower and run along with me? Well, yesterday at the park run over at Clem Valley, uh, there were some pacers, pa- people di- doing different times to help you out. But whenever they do these pacer things, there's, there's never anyone pacing a 23-minute park run. It's really annoying. Until yesterday. And then the pacer just happened to be the person who was going to run 23 minutes. He just happened to be the guy who always finishes first. He does it in like 17 minutes. So I'm thinking, this could be my day. This could be my moment. So I went up to him and I was like, you know, I'm quite confident usually, but I'm all a bit shy. I'm like, oh, hey, mate, you know, uh, uh, I've been trying to break 23 minutes now for like a year. Could you help me out? And he was like, yeah, let, let's do it. Today's the day. He was just as pumped as I was. And he was so kind. And throughout the whole run, he was, uh, he was encouraging me. He was giving me advice for different parts of the course, what to do, egging me on. Towards the end, I really started to slow down running at that pace, but he he got me going again, and at the end, he was like, go, 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 and I sprinted the last 50 meters, and I finished with a time of 22 minutes and 53 seconds. Come on, somebody. Yes, yes, but clearly, but clearly, but clearly, I couldn't have done it on my own. I needed to ask. I needed to ask for that help, and we can ask God to give us faith in life, Whether we're lacking faith, whether you feel like you're lacking faith in your life, or whether it's for a specific moment you need a bit more faith, or even better, if it's just part of a regular daily thing that we do, which is to ask God, God, would you give me the faith I need for today? Would you give me the faith I need for life? We can ask. We can ask for faith. It was the great fourth century bishop, uh, St. Augustine, he understood this. He prayed this prayer to God. He said, "Command." He said, Lord, command what you will, only give what you command. In other words, Augustine prayed to God. He said, God, command me to do whatever it is you want. Command me to have faith, but I don't quite have faith, so I need you to give it to me. Faith is a gift that we receive, and we receive by asking for it. So that's the first thing. We receive faith as a gift from God, but actually faith is something that grows. Faith is something that grows, and so we need to feed it. We need to feed our faith. Peter, in verse 5, continued, he said, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Faith grows. Faith grows when we feed it well. Faith grows when we feed it what it needs. Uh, Recently, uh, I had a pot of this pot of thyme, uh, T-H-Y-M-E, not not the doctor or anything. Um, I had a pot of thyme, and the care label said to, to basically hardly ever water it, that it would thrive best in dry conditions. But then it was looking a bit sad, so I gave it lots and lots of water. I sort of put the water in, and it just sucked it all up, and it seemed to love it. And I thought, okay, so I gave it some more water. I just assumed the label was wrong. 
and it began to actually get very, very sad. So I consulted, as ever, the, the ever-wise sage that is Google, and it said that it was definitely a case of overwatering this plant. And I realized in that moment that the plant didn't know best. It didn't know best. It would just suck up all the water if I offered it. But the care label outlined the perfect conditions for it to thrive. I made the mistake of thinking that I and the plant knew better what was going to feed it best. And I think it's fair to say, I think I'm not going out on a limb here to say that the majority of people in the world, we have a goal in life to thrive. We want to live healthy lives. We want to grow in healthy ways. But we all go about it differently. And we all go about it in different ways. So I might pursue the good life, or I might pursue happiness through fitness with Nath and, and health or whatever it is. Or I might, I might pursue happiness by buying too much Lego for my son. Or even, or even with things like faith. I think I, I know what's going to feed my faith best. I know what it's going to be. It's going to be when I see on a Sunday morning the church grow. Oh, my faith will grow when I see the number of people, that, how busy it now is getting at Bay Tots on a Wednesday morning. Or actually, no, my faith is going to grow when I hear all these incredible stories of Bay Youth and how that's going. What I'm trying to say is, well, they do feed my faith. They do encourage my faith. But what I'm trying to say is that I think I know best what, I'm gonna, what I need to thrive in life. I think I know best what's going to feed my faith best. But faith is fed best, and faith is increased by simply drawing closer to God. And by doing that through prayer and through reading the Bible. Hey, I wish I was coming at you this morning with sort of like some new groundbreaking idea for how to feed your faith. But it is just that same old but tried and tested approach, which is simply spending time in prayer with God and reading the Bible. Prayer is simply just honest conversation with God, which connects us to him. And through prayer, God encourages our faith as we grow. The Bible, which we believe is the word of God, it's full of encouragement. It's full of great teaching for your life. And it's also full of these amazing examples of people who lived by faith. Actually, Paul, again, St. Paul wrote in Romans, he says, faith comes by hearing and by hearing um, and, by, and hearing by the word of God. By listening and reading the Bible, our faith increases and our faith grows. So feed your faith through prayer and reading the Bible because faith grows and so we need to feed it. So we receive faith, we feed our faith, and then lastly, we exercise faith by putting it into practice. We've got to practice our faith. I love how Peter says this. He says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love it. Don't be unproductive. Don't be ineffective. I think it's also a really interesting phrase as well, where he says they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the point of the series, really. Faith isn't simply what you believe about Jesus and know about him. That's part of it. It's not, but faith isn't just about gaining more knowledge. 
but it's about how that then plays out in your life. Our knowledge should lead to experience as our faith leads to action. Put faith into practice. But what about when we don't feel like we have enough faith? Or we're not ready to walk by faith in this kind of way. Perhaps, here's a few examples. Perhaps something bad happens in life. Perhaps we get some bad news. And it's hard to exercise faith in that moment. It's hard to perhaps keep the truth of who God is in our thoughts, at the forefront of our thoughts when we're surrounded by certain circumstances or we're trying to deal with certain news that's come into our life. Or another example, perhaps there's a lot of just uncertainty ahead in your life. Maybe it's financial uncertainty, family uncertainty, health uncertainty, or job security. Realism would suggest that it's foolish to put your faith in God. And rather, you should put your faith or your time or your effort into things that you can control. Or one more, perhaps you might sense that God is speaking to you, perhaps prompting you to to share an encouragement with someone. And that might be a random person that you're sitting next to, or that might be someone that you know, someone in your family. God wants you to perhaps share your faith with a colleague or um, share a word from God with a family member. But it just feels a bit too embarrassing. And you don't feel like you have the confidence to step out in faith in that way. You don't feel like you have the words for it. I hope some of you will relate to this. Uh, I'm going out on a limb here. But um, something I've been really struggling with in recent years is the ability to fly a kite. Uh, We bought this kite for our boys, uh, not the summer just gone, but the summer before. We bought it for them to enjoy, and it came as a kit And you had to put it all together by following what I would describe as very vague instructions. And we built it, put it together, and I wasn't convinced it was ready. I'm pretty sure we hadn't put it together right. But Fiona, my wife, was egging me on saying, this is going to be great for the family, great for the boys. Give it a go. See if it works. I think maybe I've got some kite flyers in the room. But the thing to to get a kite airborne, you have to run with it. And there were a lot of people around. We were in this park. There were a lot of people around. And I was entirely convinced that it wasn't going to work. So I basically thought, I'm just going to be running around in circles, surrounded by lots of people, wondering what on earth this guy is doing. But of course, I'm a fantastic husband and father. And I gave it a go. And every attempt failed. And after the first failed attempt, I was very eager to just quit. But Fiona kept on encouraging me. She was like, actually, you've just got to run faster. So I ran faster, and it kept failing, and it never, never worked. Fiona um, said to me that she's actually got a two-minute video of me attempting to get this kite airborne. She um, offered it this morning, but I said, we don't need to see any of that. It was far too embarrassing enough at the time. It wasn't ready. That kite wasn't ready. It was embarrassing. And it can feel like we're not ready at times. It can feel embarrassing or it can feel like we're not ready to act in faith, not ready to step out and to make that step of faith. I have a friend who really inspires me in this this area. He seems to have just so much confidence in his faith and so much confidence in sort of just sparking up conversations with anyone that he's near, the person who's Uh, making his coffee and giving it to him. I I asked him, how do you do it? How do you just step out in faith? 
And sorry to go back to a fitness analogy, but he said it's like our muscles. He says, I, I, I activate my muscle when I exercise it. I've got to exercise it, and then my muscle activates. And he says, I can't wait for my faith to be ready, because sometimes I just, I'm, not, I'm simply not ready for something. Sometimes I don't feel able. Sometimes I don't feel prepared enough. Sometimes I just don't have the confidence. But rather than wait to be ready, he says, I just activate my faith by just exercising it, just trying. I step out anyway. And he says, as I do, it happens. As I step out, that that strength I needed, it's there. As I step out, that assurance I was longing for, it's there. He says, I activate my faith when I exercise it. For me, in recent weeks, exercising faith has simply just been reminding myself that God is still God. Despite my circumstances, God is still God. I've been reminding myself God still loves me, and God is always there for me. That's how I've been exercising faith in my life recently. And that's the thing about God. We can put our faith in him because he is faithful. God will never, ever let you down. Jesus is completely and utterly faithful, completely trustworthy. Jesus is faithful, and he was faithful to the point of death. When Jesus went to the cross for you and for me, when he died on that cross, taking on all our sin, taking on all our shame, so that we wouldn't have to experience a life with shame, so that we might know the forgiveness of God the Father, so that we might have life and know life and live it in all its fullness. If you were the only person on earth, Jesus still would have died for you. He is faithful, and so we can put our faith in him. And so to conclude, just to, just to round it up, faith, faith is a gift that we receive. And so if you ever feel like you are lacking faith, or if you're in a moment where you need a bit more faith, we can simply ask God for more faith. Faith is something that grows when we feed it, and we grow and increase our faith by drawing closer to God, by praying, by being in conversation with him, by reading the Bible. And then faith, when we put it into practice, it grows as well, and it needs to be put into practice by stepping out and exercising our faith. Amen.